Ladies and gents, students and faculty, welcome to Book Record Beer, Season 3, Episode 10. We're in the double digits, baby. Double digits. Damn. End of the summer. Three years. Three years. Jesus. About to cross over into the fourth parlance of our time. (laughs) 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 I know what's wrong. I just wanted to say. (laughs) Um, So this is our back to school cast. Uh, I came up with something. What cast is it? The back to school cast. I'm sorry, um, say that again. I'm stalling. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> say that again. I'm stalling. <laughs> this is where we're at. Three teachers knowing the school year is a, a, a breast. I've been drunk for 48 hours. Yeah, you're just waiting, uh, waiting for the But next we don't one. actually say I'm stalling. That <laughs> yeah. was the best, is that you just went full bore. Say that again for the say rest of the class. I'm stalling. Really I'm just going to do that. Does now. anybody have any questions? I was actually. Anybody. <laughs> Does anyone have any questions? About anything. <laughs> I found this really cool thing. This is a sidebar. Awesome. Roulette wheel. You can put all your students' names in it, digitize, click it on the smart board. It spins. Danny, it looks like you're up. <laughs> What's Danny got to do? Hey, respond to the question. Oh. Any questions, any questions, any questions, any questions. But what if he doesn't have a question? Well, he doesn't have to have a question. You could have asked a question. Oh, I see. So as teachers, you ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes the students don't respond. That's true. So the roulette wheel is the, the, the I thing. I found I that like this that summer. I was very pumped about it. Very pumped. In any case, this is our back to school episode. And um, uh, differently from previous years, what we decided to do this time was to pick a story that we start with or a poem or some piece of literature that we begin the year with either to ease the students in to teach a particular skill or just because we really, really love it and we feel that we have the expertise to engage the students with it and also a song that starts our year. Um, and all of these are very different and very <laughs> awesome. Although, as usual, me and Nick... We're sort of on the same page. We're on a similar I, wavelength. I, yeah. I feel like all of the songs perfectly uh, exemplify like the individual. Your music. Yep. Nick's music. <laughs> yep. And then the music that I that I like, <laughs> <laughs> like which is hilarious yeah. <laughs> when we get to you, because <laughs> I, I even though I expected, I guess in my subconscious when it played, I was like. Okay, that's, that's I've right. learned something <laughs> while knowing that same thing. Um, so I'll begin. I'll begin. Yes. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at, uh, what, and we all pick short things, short pieces. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk. Have each of us introduce the things and why we picked them, and then uh, you know we can we can comment on them. Um, so for for me, my freshmen are my sort of biggest challenge. My seniors, I've already had as freshmen. Every single one of them. This is the beginning of the school year, right? Beginning of school year, yeah. Do, you, do we? Do you have your class introduce themselves? Do I have them introduce themselves? Are we um, not doing introductions this year? My school has. Oh, Jesus! As always. Wow. <laughs> I mean, this is where we're at. Yep. <laughs> wow. That bell's gonna ring hard and fast and shrilly, <laughs> shrilly. I am Nick Shirley Mahalik, one of your hosts. I'm joined. As always, by my friend Daniel DeFranco. That's me. And my other friend, Nick Gregorio. Hi, I'm going back to school in, in a week and a half, and I've been drunk for the last two. 
two <laughs> weeks? That's not true. Um, I, I thought you were going to say, like, school years. I didn't know where it was. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is going to be an interesting school year for no, you then. I'm already You're going to see things very differently. <laughs> um, so, yeah, again, we're, we're going to talk about what we've chosen as our back-to-school things. I, my freshmen are tough because uh, they're all new. Some of them have been at our school because we have a middle school, too. Um, for a little bit of time, but I haven't run into them. I haven't taught them. So it's learning all new names, all new faces. Every class is packed, 33 kids in the in the room, and um, very different personalities because, you know, the one thing that I think people often forget is uh, with a magnet school, you are pulling, like a magnet, students from all over the city. Huh. So I, I have wow. students from... Didn't get it. It's like Ivy League. <laughs> people think it's like... Oh, because cause they're old buildings and there's ivy growing on. No, because there was four of them. Get your Roman numerals right. You son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> I say that because if you could see Nick's face, you would know he had no idea about that one either. Um, yeah, it started with four. In any case, with these guys, I like to have them do some uh, creative writing right off the bat because they're so used to grammar and being drilled and stuff like this. Eighth, eighth grade is like... Um, with skills, <laughs> skills, Daniel. Uh, they're they're so used to preparing for the Keystone tests and all this nonsense that I wanted to give them something Where like this. So teach? I wrote into, I wrote into the curriculum, uh, microfiction, and we're all familiar. But for those of us who aren't, microfiction usually resides in the realm of two hundred to three hundred words. Um, and so I picked this really great example of a piece of microfiction called Darby, Nightfall by Michelle Finn Johnson. Um, and I chose this because it has to do with adolescence, right? They're brand new to high school. This has to do with a young girl feeling out of place in high school because of where she lives, where she's from, and dealing with some of the things that uh, many of our students are dealing with, parents who suffer from addiction and things like that. Also, young love, also classism, because she's from the wrong side of the track. She's from Darby, and she has a crush on a boy from Ardmore. It's also a Pennsylvania, actually very, very close to Philadelphia uh, story. So I, I just love every bit of it. I was looking for a story as a great example of microfiction. You'd think it would be easy, especially with the rise of Flash and all this stuff. It was so difficult, so fucking difficult to find a good one. And this one I love. I don't know how, what you guys thought about it, but I really love it. The students, this is one, because I guess it's the beginning of the year and I haven't really broken them in with like symbol and different things like that. They're not really as used to it as they would be um, when they start to see what's going on. Like they don't even realize that the whole story revolves around this night where she's choosing to have sex with the Ardmore boy or not. Like they don't even realize that sex is a part of it. Um, and it's really fascinating to me because these are really, you know, super with it you know they really like the story they, they're getting this and this but it's that ah that full class ah when they see that tonight she chooses to either tell him to accept her as she is and, and talk to her when they're in school together and they cross in the hall and to acknowledge her because they've been making out every night and stuff like that um or to just say this is how it is and yeah you can you can have me and maybe and hold on to that slim glimmer of hope maybe this will be the thing that has you look at me differently when we pass in the hall or actually just look at me. Um, and so that's essentially the story. It's, it's 180 words, I think. 
and it's just this girl who has an alcoholic mother who has been making out with this boy from Ardmore who doesn't pay her any mind in school and she desperately wants to upgrade her status in school and in life and um I don't know I absolutely love it I think I think it's it's fantastic it does all these things and it it just grabs the ninth grade by the ears right right at the beginning of the year and then they want to write because they go I know that feeling or I know that and I have a feeling that I could get out um and I <laughs> but the thing that they they have trouble with is it's funny because I thought that they would go oh it's only x amount of words I only have x amount of words no 90 percent of the class goes are you fucking kidding me 250 or 300 words I go well the first draft's 500 and then we'll cut it and they're like that's even worse because now <laughs> they, so they, much words. They don't. No, it's not so much words. They want more. They want four oh, times that. So they want to tell words. a story. Yeah. So much words, guys. I was talking. Hey, this is from this a is summer teacher's perspective. You know how many how many kids say so much words? I've heard this. it's so much words. <laughs> um, but in any case, uh, I would love to know what you guys thought of it. I, I think it's a great teaching tool, especially for microfiction. Look how much you can say, and look how the mother and the daughter are, are bound together with this that uh, electrified tin phrase, right? The mother's mm-hmm. drunk, so that electrified tin is what Darb, uh, the young girl imagines her mother must feel in her mouth. But she's, at the same time, the young girl is kissing this boy through a screen, so that electrified tin just resonates there. I always picture one of them having braces, too. Just because that sure. imagery gets into your head, um, there's a lot of sensory imagery here, which yeah. is really nice. It's uh, you know, you feel the uh, where's that line? It's great. Uh, they, they press each other's hands like through the yep. screen and then yep. kiss through it. Like that's like, you can feel that, you know. Absolutely, and that's the stuff that really brings. Whether you you've done it world. or not, yeah, right. Yeah. You you've you've probably touched the screen. You probably kissed somebody. So like the combo. Yeah. Yeah. I put. I, I don't. I, I've definitely put my face to a screen. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, Dude, what does this feel like? Yeah. yeah. I guess just to be clear, we're talking about a window screen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like a mesh window screen. Oh right. Yeah. Not a computer screen or anything yeah, like or that. That would be yeah. weird. But that actually, Staticky. that's bizarre. I didn't That'd even be weird. for a minute. Like I didn't FaceTiming think of that. somebody. Yeah. You and know? like <laughs> kissing the screen. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And then it could be electrified as well. You'd certainly get static. Yeah. Jesus, I never even that's thought of that. Yeah. The guy, the, the the boy Bobby, right? Yeah. Yep. He. he crawls up her lattice and i guess second floor we're assuming right yeah um and it's it's a window yep so. absolutely yeah uh, a little trivia does anybody know what um famous comedian is from uh darby um, liz long ll 30 rock liz lemon yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. oh yeah that might yeah. an art yes. teacher named liz long and I, always, <laughs> yeah. I always called her ll because of yeah, 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 yeah. That's why she has that because scar you said on her Lemon, face. I can't think of her actual name. Yeah, um, I'm stalling. Dead air. Spin the, <laughs> spin the wheel. <laughs> Sarah Palin. What's her damn name? Tina Fey. That's it. Was <laughs> just in time. <laughs> Tina Fey. Tina, Tina Fey. Uh, that's why she has that scar. Didn't she get... There was like, a homeless man yeah, like behind her, in, her in her alley in Darby or whatever. Uh, but in any case, um, it is there is a distinct line between Darby and Ardmore, too, and, and, and the main line and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so I think she, she does a really, really good job. And, and you know, di- I don't know. Did you guys feel at times it, it walked that line of being a little bit on the nose? No, like I, I think bit. if people... That's the only thing. I think for I you, thought. because you know the actual neighborhoods, and I think that's probably that's the danger true, yeah. of yeah, yeah, doing yeah. it, but mm-hmm. once you move out of um, you know this this realm, people... It's it's just a 
He's an Ardmore boy. Uh, other, I get it. Other insert side of the other, tracks. Yeah, insert other Sorry. town here. Yeah. When yeah. I was a kid, I had no conception of that side of uh, the Philadelphia region. Like I was which which side? The the well, Ardmore, Ardmore side? Darby. I just didn't. I was West Narton and East Narton and Norristown, and we went to Roxborough. Nyarton. And it was about Nyarton. <laughs> um, but like even between East and West Norriton, there was sure. a distinct. I mean, it wasn't like a. I, I don't think it's pronounced as the Darby. Like outsiders Ardmore. situation. Yeah, but it was like, the point was like, oh, but kids would get like pissed. Oh, right. you're from West Norton? No, East. Like, what the fuck does that mean? It's literally it across even, the street. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. the same looking street. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. but that, I mean, and I think that that's an interesting thing that we're seeing in this story is that there's these divisions that are very, very clear and they're like grotesquely clear in high school. Yeah. And, and that's what's happening here. I love it. Um, the kids... Really, really, really like this story, and it's a great teaching tool to go look at how much we like. We pull it apart for a full class, yeah. and we go because they read it aloud, and then they read it again to themselves, and then we just pull it apart for a full class. Look at all she's done well, in this story. It's such a great uh, tool to show the power of words, and, absolutely, and, and what you can do with words. Um, Hundred eighty. I go. You get double this. Yeah, and I feel like <laughs> I, kids. I mean, I don't really think I started to understand how powerful a, a, a word or a simple sentence can be until I was in my early to mid 20s. You know what I mean? It was just like you had to get uh, the paper done. You had to do this. You had to fill it up. Well, in literature anyway, right? Well, right. Yeah. But like even even the books I was reading at the time, like it just didn't occur to me. I don't think yeah, yeah, until yeah. I until I actually took Studied. started taking it seriously. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a lot in this little story. It's a it's a good it's a good one to, to show. Yeah, no, I I love it, and it's uh, from a now defunct magazine, Boston Literary Mag, which was great for this. They would have the hundred word stories. They would have the micro. They never went beyond. I don't think they had anything beyond micro. I don't think they even got to flash or anything like that. There was like t- even like ten word stories. I think that makes reading the drabble, easy. All stuff. Sure does. Yeah, yeah, and but it's yeah. I'm funny. It's funny that they're defunct. They had a great aesthetic too. Um, oh, and then so tired. My. No more <laughs> I don't want any. Uh, my song is uh, Brain Trust by the Hot Snakes. So as a quick background, anybody that's not familiar with the Hot Snakes, they are a uh, post-hardcore band made up of dudes, two dudes that were in Drive Like Jehu, one of whom went on to uh, do, uh, what was that band? Uh, Rocket from the Crypt. And he, he oh, cool. Yeah. They're good. Yeah, so uh, uh, that's John uh, Reese was in Rocket from the Crypt. And... Drive Like Jehu and Hot Snakes. And uh, and then Nick Froberg was in Drive Like Jehu and Hot Snakes. And Hot Snakes are very fast. I mean, I, my favorite album by them is the one that this is from, which is Audit in Progress. Just brilliant lyrics, really straightforward, super fast, super fun. And the guitar is, is Weird. this jangly, crazy, fucking awesome tone yeah. that I love. I would love to replicate it. I think he uses I looked it up once he uses like a trainer amp and like two effects pedals like really not much and it's just he gets this wild distortion and, and crazy it's shit. a weird guitar and they play weird things it's cool yeah 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 and brain trust is super fast and it's um it's awesome it's based it, the, some of the lyrics are um don't go to Harvard don't go to Yale uh you know your disposition will always make you fail and it's this whole thing about sort of being someone it seems to me that's bright it's it acts as a reminder for me to how I interact with my students that I, especially cause we're like a college preparatory school. They all don't need to walk the same road. You just need to go in and, and this is what education is to me. 
individually sort of help hone and identify and 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 bring out their 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 inner sort of like um i don't want to say genius that's what i'm tiptoeing around but everybody is you know genius in some way and everybody has something um and and we're taught out of it a lot of times and 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 teachers are are part of that the education system is part of that of saying this is the path and and it is no longer and especially right now with with how higher ed is taking advantage of so many people uh i think that to say that everybody should go to college um is an absolute lie and it's it's one of those things where i want to remember that everybody does have something and and they need to be reminded of that so this song does that for me i listen to it constantly ever since i found it i've listened i listened to it constantly because it, it's ju- it just hit me and I, it feels like a very strong reminder so i don't know uh i i would encourage everybody to listen to it it's right up my alley it's yeah i liked it immediately <laughs> it's the perfect nick Mahalik song yeah it's like here's here's a band you've never heard of that was com- comprised of two guys that were in other bands you've never heard of <laughs> <laughs> if you would have said that you played with them on tour once. <laughs> it would have been like the perfect Nick Mahalik <laughs> <laughs> circle of uh, right, yeah. how I like a thing. No, this is how I got to this place. I saw them thing. on tour once, yeah. and they were uh, we opened up for them, and they were they were tight. Yeah, and you know I appreciate the band's worth by how how good they play. It's true though. <laughs> it's absolutely true. I have seen them play live, and 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 they are fucking tight, and and uh, all those things. I just haven't played with them, but. Um, the gray area fucks with your sight. I love that, that your brain messes with your heart and that your brain messes with your talent and, um, and just to try and pull all the talent you can from, from a student remind them that they are talented in whatever realm it is. Well, that's inspirational of you. That's the way I, I like to start to my me. year, my man. That's the way I like to start my year. Where I go from there, is <laughs> <laughs> if I can maintain, is, is the true test. But uh, yeah, that that that's everything uh, from me, man. I I really good picks. Really like those two things quite a bit for those reasons. So uh, the bell hath rung. Do I have a volunteer? Any volunteers? Do I have a volunteer to take the next one? I'll go. That's cool. Go for it. Nick to Nick. Um, so I chose A&P by John Updike, which I think everybody on Earth read. Classic. Um, and the reason <laughs> I picked it is because it is literally the first story I read in high school. No kidding. Yeah. It was the first thing we did freshman year at LaSalle. Wow. And That makes up, sense. Yeah. Up until that point, I think I was reading a lot of mostly genre stuff like uh okay. michael crichton and peter benchley and um like warcraft tie-in novels and starcraft tie-in novels star wow. wars star trek all that warcraft kind of stuff. is that old dude the first game came out in like 91 wow yeah. maybe i did not know that. that wow um but that was just the stuff that i gravitated to and and a and p was that one story that like it's like wow you can read about other stuff and have it to be just as uh in compelling um, and it is compelling. It's a it's a wonderful story, a, a, a Bildungsroman, if you will. Um, yeah, I've coming never of said age that right. sort yeah. of story. <laughs> um, it it is very light on the John Updike horny old man. Although there is sto- still so this is the line that sticks to me. The vanilla scoops of ice cream. The only thing I remember from this story yeah. is that this young girl's breasts were like two scoops of vanilla ice yes. cream. And as a uh, a 14 year old boy in an english literature class i guess that's why like, i remembered it 
<laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I, mean? you're, I was like, you're right. <laughs> um, I, that I mean, obviously, that is what I see across the room. <laughs> obviously, as a as a, a pubescent child, that that really stuck out to me. But yeah, yeah, um, it, it's really a, a wonderful but piece. She was a kid. I was, but, a but kid. you don't, you don't. When you're a kid reading that, yeah. you, I, I will, I wasn't as a kid, and I, 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 that was the first thing I remember was, I wasn't aware that it was an old man writing it. Right. I thought then that as right because i i didn't th- know anything about writers yeah so i i thought that writers could inhabit the mind and be a young kid and i didn't realize that there's weirdness there that 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 hor- like you said horny old man well stuff. updike is weird right updike is super weird and super horny uh, uh, yeah, exactly but um, i i didn't realize that that the weirdness could be could be not cool no you, i didn't like, either, i thought that you could just and inhabit it and I didn't be, it was your creativity instead right. of and that's why i don't put it in my curriculum i make a list of short stories that i mandate that one of the stories get read and um a little piece of writing is done about them and inevitably somebody comes up and says i love that story yeah um and i would like to think that maybe it had the same type of effect that that it had on them that it had on me yeah um it just turned me into a reader uh, and i loved it and what it, what exactly is it? Is it like the the imagery? Because I know for me there was a lot of like, well, I guess like the horniness was definitely a part was, of it. I but wanted also to put the supermarket right. That oh, was I really because an A and P for anybody that doesn't know is is a now defunct, I believe, yeah, supermarket chain. I think it's part of Superfresh, which is I haven't seen an A and P logo. Yeah, years. No. But they might exist somewhere else in the probably country. true. Yeah. That happens. Yeah, yeah there's like one or I two. Saw a sign for a blockbuster that no longer exists, but it's still up in there's Asheville, only North Carolina. <laughs> well, there's a blockbuster sign across from my school. Oh, get out. Southwest okay. Philly, yeah. There we go. Um, but in any case, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, there's one blockbuster left, I think, in Alaska. Yeah. And, yeah, no, because I, I, I was working at a supermarket, and so I remember that. Yeah. That, like, really just... Well, it, it kind of represented to me, it, it was able to drop me into sort of, I don't know, a semi-heroic role reading it you know the kid storming off and yeah. when you're a kid that definitely comes across yeah it's huge right? it's huge you take a stance yeah and like you you want to hope as a kid that you're like I, I could do that yeah yeah you know what i mean and um, you imagine it oh man you play it out because right? you have so much in fucking it. time I to was do in it. it and like uh, looking back on it i don't I don't know if it's the best story or if it's even a story worth going back to but I, just because i loved it yeah. At 14, I give them the option to read it. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if it aged well for me particularly, but it's not. Do like you mean like in 2019? Yeah, it's a little, you know, the the kid is kind of just, you know, male gazy the whole time. And then he's like, oh, he is. It, listen, there is. Um, <laughs> I am not saying this story is not a problematic piece <laughs> in 2019 yeah. because it is. Yeah, it goes outside. I look for my girls. Yeah, it's like. That's a he did this. It's like a perfect thing of like a, what a stupid dude does. It's exactly he right. Shoots yeah. himself in the foot to impress these girls right. that, you know, hey, I did this for you. Right. And it's like I uh, never asked you to. Right. Yep. Wait, who are you by the way? Right. Yeah. 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 Right. And that's and that. That goes. I've in. lassoed you the moon. He, pro- <laughs> he probably calls her, you know, vanilla scoops. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was just a formative piece for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, yeah. I remember how I There's felt. There's so when many of yeah. yeah. So, you know, the teacher that um taught it to me you know it was it was a good moment so i knew if i read to quit a job to make sure that like you had all your shit with you 
so you wouldn't have to like go yep. back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, nice. That's just one that's for the, the toolbox. That's, that's yeah. the biggest thing I took away from this. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you have your shit if you quit your job. Folks. Yeah, very pragmatic. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, it's very. Yeah. It's embarrassing if you have to like. Oh, going back. That's a walk of shame. Yeah. Yeah. That. That is. That is a real walk. Fuck of shame. you, and I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, just like after I collect my things from my locker. Hey, in ten minutes when I realize I've left them there, <laughs> yeah, like that's you're going back in. Whoa. Hey, Becky, sorry, <laughs> just gotta get my shit. <laughs> now, can I just have it back? Just give me. Oh God, give me it back, please. <laughs> well, now you would just like text, you know, text her. <laughs> yeah, Brian, um, Brian, Brian. It's in locker combo twelve three forty six. Don't fuck me over. Get this. Come stuff. on, get your shit. <laughs> Um, and for my song, I chose Wrong Way Kids by Bad Religion. And this is from 2011's Descent of Man, which is probably my least favorite Bad Religion album, but it might be my favorite Bad Religion song ever. Wow. Um, yeah, it, 2010, 2011, something like yeah, that. Something yeah, something like that. And, it, and it, it is very reminiscent of what you would hear on Recipe for Hate, which is my favorite Bad Religion record. Um, lots of uh, country guitar influence, um, fast, obviously yeah. a lot of energy, and you know Greg Graffin, uh, classically sounding like he could be standing at a podium singing. Dude, um, every time I hear them, that's what I take yeah. away. I'm like, how how does he? Because he doesn't give a fuck. No, that's what it is. He sings how he's gonna sing. Yes. He's not. He's in a hardcore band. You could say. You could say, uh, especially the early stuff. But he does not sing like no. he cares what you think that he's tough or not or anything like right. that i love it and I that's why love i love it. that band like they were a bunch of nerds and still are a bunch of nerds yeah. i mean greg graffin is a uh, PhD, professor yeah. at ucla yeah. um but the song in particular uh strikes a chord because it's sort of a multi-generational look at what kind of look uh, a multi-generational <laughs> look at how every upcoming generation is constantly shit on <laughs> and how we i take it as a way to have to remind yourself that like you don't i don't know any better <laughs> than these kids do um i didn't yeah i, I was wondering set. i was very interested in yeah. why you why you chose it yeah, yeah misfit melancholy dregs out lost in the mall you know what i mean it's just a, and like the i was looked at like that kids now are especially looked at like that yeah. you hear that venomous tone when people say millennials yeah and i find it disgusting yeah um because every generation was looked down on as yep. if to say you don't deserve what you have yeah and that's horrible yeah and there's one line in this song that is particularly poignant is when they have no one to look up to because they're looking up to us Exactly. That um, was the thing that I really took yeah. from it too. Yeah. Um, that's a very powerful line because in my own life, you're saying he's nothing. Like it's very self-reflective. Right. And it's beautiful in that. We're transitioning and, into that too. Oh. I and mean, as a teacher, you yeah. know, you certainly are. Right. And you know, you're standing We've in front of a group a of kids. Yeah. yeah. You're standing in front of a group of kids who know more and less than you in yep. in in particular parts of of living in life. Yep. Um. And we stand on these pulpits or these uh pedestals and we say things like uh, oh, they don't appreciate this they don't appreciate that like dude you don't know anything right who are you to say any of this uh, just a, a small aside i went to i read a book in a local brewery and this dude who was easily five years younger than me started saying something like um that's the problem with this upcoming generation and i just wanted to be like 
Listen, bozo. <laughs> like, who are you, what bud? You, you just turned thirty. Dude? Like, <laughs> come on, man. Oh um, God. But like, but that I think every generation goes through that, and I th- I like to remind myself, especially at the start of the year, that I'm doing it for I th- them. I think people do that because they're angry that they're not young anymore. Sure. There's a lot There's of that. There's a lot of reasons There's why so people much shit. of that though. Yeah. Like oh, the yeah. the you just like. There, I mean, you look yeah. through history, and so much of it, right when youth is lost, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like a dictator is made when his hair starts to thin. Hey. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> for real, though. Like, that. not even a... Sounds funny now I'm replaying in my head, but really, that I really think that that, that has such a big... That explains thing to the do with email. It. <laughs> I... I, I <laughs> perfect um <laughs> i don't know what to say from there but but what the fuck was i gonna say nick, oh yeah with the song nick sent an email that um <laughs> that he 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 thinks nothing of himself that he's that he's he's aware that yeah there are kids looking up to i think even in the video it says like you're gonna look back and your your dad yeah. you're gonna be embarrassed that your dad was a punk rock punk rock icon or something but that is a huge huge thing because there, there's so much that comes with you have this, I think, great level of confidence until your hair st- starts to thin and then it gets shaken to its core. Yeah. And and all of that, you realize youth is faded and you go, oh, my God, I, w- I have nothing to offer the world because the world puts such a huge emphasis on youth and beauty that those are the things that really give you any power. And, and when you don't have that, well, what do you have? You, you get bitter. You know what I mean? Because you no longer have the thing that you did. And when we're talking about like this song with wrong way kids, I feel like there's such a huge emphasis put on um, being yourself and, and, and this, this confidence again, that the younger generation has fully engaged in and, 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 and fully um, sort of like wrap themselves in like a warm blanket. And I, and I wonder, my fear is that, the world is not a warm blanket and the world is not accepting. And I love that there's a whole multitude, the largest generation yet that has wrapped themselves in that and believes in that strongly. And I cannot wait to see when the actual clash happens. Cause I don't think the actual clash has happened. There's these minor things that happen online, but a lot of this, this, this beautiful ethos lives online. And when this group leaves school, and is out of higher education and is and is engaging in the workforce. I I really can't wait to see. It'll be something that I hope they take. O- I like. I hope that that carries over and change because it's changed me, for sure. Um, I know I'm different because of engaging with the younger generation um, and this idea. Even though I guess I'm technically a part of it. We've talked about that a few times. Where the fucking who knows where the line is, but. Well, I'm definitely the on the it, older edge of it if I am a part of it. Well, that's and the thing about it, isn't it? It's 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 an arbitrary standard. It is arbitrary. <laughs> you know? But but you, I can look and I know Gen Xers, these older kids that I would hang out with, and they had a much different view. Like my view was softer yeah. than theirs, and theirs was very jaded and very very uh, angry. And I'm a very jaded and angry person. But I've over the years been so like a fucking river rock, been you know softened by the multitude of younger generations flowing over me <laughs> haunted in by waters i am haunted by waters i can't do his voice yeah nobody no. can 
That's true. That's why he does it. That's why he gets paid the moolah. <laughs> that's why he did it himself. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, absolutely. Robert E. Redford. Um, but I think it's a beautiful pick. It's a wonderful pick. Oh, I'm so good. glad that you chose it for the reasons that you did, too, because I, I, you know, I didn't think you were going to, but, like, if you would have been like... Cause my kids are the 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 kids. They're the they're the wrong way kids, and I want to oh, help no. the wrong way kids. And no, it's like it's, it's not like a, a rallying cry. It's, yeah, it's, no. it's actually a lament. Yeah, it's a self-reflective, yeah. uh, introspective yeah. look, and um, it really and, and it is because you. I know I'm super self-conscious. Like, what the fuck do I? Every once in a while, I'm in front of them, and I know that I've hit something sure. profound, and they react to it in kind, and I go, "Oh, that's why I'm here." Yeah. And you get reminded of that. 98% of the time, I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's a a wonderful choice. Yeah, lyrically, it's it's very nice. Yeah. Well, Graffin really knows how to do it now. I mean, he always had really sharp lyrics. What's the history of Bay Religion? When did they start? 82. Okay. All right, I want to say a thing that's... um, You're going to get mad, even though I'm going to say don't get mad. (laughs) (laughs) Um... The drums for this song, I feel like, is the drum beat. If you're ever going to start like a, a punk band that plays like fast, yeah, yeah. you get handed a, a membership card with that drum beat. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, so sure. 100%. It's yeah. a standard. It's a it's a yeah. genre standard beat. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the Take second- away one bass drum hit and you have every offspring, offspring right. yeah. song. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the offspring. <laughs> Two casts ago, three casts ago perhaps, I, s- I blamed offspring, the offspring- yeah, for uh, the rise of pop punk. Yes, I'm changing my tune. Now he's blaming Bad Religion. Yes, well, you need to understand that Bad Religion. This this album came out 2010. Right. One. Right. But they have been doing the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Also, <laughs> skate punk was very different than the type of punk rock that was coming out of the East Coast. The East yeah. Coast was very very discordant, whereas skate punk was just fast and melodic. Yep. And that's what they are, and that's what they haven't stopped the doing. The harmonies are great on oh this. Oh my god, the the oohs and ahs, as they like to call them, are fabulous. Yeah, I, I, it did sound like better a, than most. It sounded like a very young band that knew what they were doing. Oh yeah, but yeah. these guys were not. You said 2010. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the, and they came out with an album this summer. It's real good. They come yeah. out with album every constantly. three or four years. They're yeah. great. They're yeah. great. Love them. Who do you think would win in a fight? Bad Religion or Bad Company? I, I mean, Bad Religion. They would build a robot with a saw and just chop them to bits. And <laughs> bad company would be um, hammered, probably. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> bad yeah. religion is if n- nothing, if not uh, intelligent enough to get out of a fight. <laughs> <laughs> bad company is nothing if not uh, drunk <laughs> and very old. They, they were uh, Swan Song's first signing. Yeah, like early 70s. Zeppelin, yeah. that was the first band they signed was yeah. bad, bad hmm. Company. How about that? Yeah, without a doubt. Five finger death punch covered to bad company, and it's horrible. I mean, I don't <laughs> care for bad company. I ne- that never that I was always so mad. I was like Zeppelin, what are you thinking? Like, what is that Jimmy Page just bad guided company. by money and only money? Yeah. Like, yes, like, yeah. what the like? I know that, but I I didn't know that. Bad bad company had a song called Bad Company on an <laughs> album called Bad Company, and Branding, their band baby. was called Bad. They Branding. thought of one thing that was really good, and they kept it. <laughs> Ring yep. the bell. Ring the bell. Oh, Jesus. I'm stalling. Ring the bell. I'm stalling. I need to get that Ethernet there it is. hooked to my <laughs> phone. <laughs> Daniel, you are up. Baby, baby. <laughs> what? I'm going to revise that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. 
uh, so I teach a lot of classes. I teach um, music, uh, different sections of music, and I teach a few different sections of writing, English. So I am focusing <laughs> on the creative writing part. Uh, I that love course. that you clarified it with English, given your choice. What do you mean? Haiku. You chose a Japanese uh, form of poetry. It's written in English. Yeah, translation. Changes it significantly. Incredibly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I always start my um, beginning of the year with, with haiku because it's a form that uh, most of the students probably already know, and it's, and it's short, much like the reason that you, you chose microfiction. And like microfiction, once they get into it, they realize it's degrees more difficult oh, incredibly, than yeah. they yes. thought. But yeah. you can write quick, uh, bad haikus, and I think just getting <laughs> um, them in. writing, yeah. just getting them like, oh, I, I can write. Because most of the kids that end up in creative writing, they didn't pick it. Maybe four oh, or five one of picked courses, it as an elective, yeah. yep. and they're like really excited to be there. And the other kid's like, fuck, I wanted music, or I wanted art, or I wanted drama, yep. or dance. And like, I have to fucking write? Yep, So I've, I've got to um, ease them in. So get fucked, DeFranco. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> Roulette wheel, you're in trouble. <laughs> Ooh, that's I like that. Right? That Who's gonna so get in nice. trouble now? Yeah. Just, if no one's gonna tell me who it is. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Brian! Uh, I like that kid. Sorry, next try again. <laughs> um so I, I teach uh haiku and I give them a little a little pamphlet full of a bunch of haikus from the masters. But this is one of my favorites. Um, it's the Frog Haiku by Basho. Um, there are so many translations of this, and this isn't even actually the translation that I use, but, but the <laughs> idea is the same. There, there's, sure. like, there's like dozens of them, and we go through them. But I, why did you give us this one? Uh, it's the first one that I found. But you use one <laughs> that is not this one. They're all pretty much the same. <laughs> <laughs> there's a frog. And he jumps oh, the into a pod. Is the point of the height. It's the, oh, I understand. I understand. Right. I understand. That's why I, I, I. So, but that's what you're saying. You can throw, you can throw any of them out there. Yeah. And then let's see the difference. I got you. Yeah. We we do go. I teach um, after the initial thing. I we talk about translation. That's not the point of the class is to teach translation. But I do touch on that. It's important because I think a lot of times uh, students don't realize where form comes from and the importance of form and things like that. Like you know lyrical poetry yeah you know like we talked about accompanied by a leer liar yeah how is it pronounced you know it. that works for me okay so i don't think it's a word i, I thought you were the one that dung's roma <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were the one that corrected me the last time i was mentioning that oh, i don't remember that sappho and her lyrical poetry but people are like you know they don't know. Yeah. Don't know. So I let the kids, uh, the students, and I tried to never call them kids. I let the students uh, figure it out on their own. So I, they remember either from grade school or from the very quick lesson that a haiku is, you know, three lines, syllabic count of five, seven, five. Mm -hmm. So I say, uh, well, what's wrong with this? And the kid always, well, it's not five, seven, five. I'm like, why do you think that is? I let them figure it out. You know, it's a translation. Should we um, read it? I am going to. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Uh, we can actually read this one. So here is one translation of the Frog Haiku by Basho. This one's translated by William J. Higginson. Old Pond. A frog jumps in. Water's sound. All right. So what I, I play a game with the students. Um, I read that, and then I invite them to close their eyes. 
So uh, I'll, I'll play this game with you guys as well. All right. Uh, listeners, you can play this game too, but if you're driving, I'd encourage you not to. <laughs> <laughs> also, Weingarten shouldn't do it if he's running. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> it's a challenge, extra layer. <laughs> <laughs> the first step is close your eyes. Let me take a walk. We're outside. And we're in the woods. Can you feel the breeze coming in through the trees? What does that sound like? We're moving. There's some grass or bushes against your legs. You're not getting scratched or anything, just a little bit of shrubbery. You come to a clearing and there's a there's an old pond. What does an old pond look like? You're not going to answer. Just think about what an old pond looks like. Try to absorb all the details. What's it smell like? What do you think it feels like if you stuck your fingers in it or you poked a stick? Oh, look, there's a log. There's a frog on it. What's the frog look like? Oh, he's gone. He just jumped right in the water. What sound did that make? What's the water look like? Etc. and etc. You guys can open your eyes. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, no, <laughs> no, that was actually very lovely. Well, no, we, we yeah. you get that, that student, and that's fine. It's yeah. not for everybody. Um, for more of that, check out Daniel's YouTube video at DeFranco ASMR. <laughs> Frogs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I invite them to uh, try to get get all the, the thing that I liked about the micro fiction that you you presented was all the sensory details. Yeah, I absolutely. want them to imagine that in their heads without, you know, like their little mind movies. There's all these things that are happening that good writing should do and in yep. a haiku in such a short form, I want them to do that and it's such a small little thing. Yep. Um so that's why I love starting with this. Um and then you know we we linger a little bit on the turn. You've got your first two lines of haiku set it up. Yep. And then that last line is turning whatever that thing is so you we can see it in a new way. And it's a good uh practice and miniature lesson because for all writing you that's for most part at least the writing that I teach uh there's a turn. You've got a thing yep. that's set up and then somewhere along the way there's a turn and what you thought uh, your your perception was is now is is if the writer did their job well or if you're yeah. if you're creating and you do your job well it, that perception has changed i think a lot of it is pulling back the veil a little bit like cuz every student knows that that's what makes writing that's what makes literature right that mm -hmm. that, that there's a setup and a and a turn right that there's a reveal of some kind um, and that's what separates it from other types of I writing. I think you might be taking the student's knowledge for granted. I don't think they do know that. I think they subconsciously do. I think yeah. every student, every, I think every reader, anyone who's read a story or reads stories or, or engages with even film and things like that, yeah, where stories are being told, you know that this, you're, you're being set up for something and that something's going to change. Yeah. Right? It might be drastic. It might be subtle. But you know that that's what's happening. What I think is great about doing that is the reminder yeah. Because you do take it for granted. It might just live in your subconscious. You might not even be thinking about that. But if you're engaging with a group of students that now needs to write their own, those basic building blocks are really important to just, for a brief moment even, remind them that, that they exist. Mm -hmm. and that Because if you write without having considered that, and you're just writing because 
you want to write and or you're asked to write and you go, oh, okay, I know stories because I've seen this or read this. But you don't think about that there's a setup and there's a turn. Mm -hmm. You probably won't execute it as well as if you'd been told that. Yeah. Right. Because now it's alive and it's it's present in a way that sometimes it's too packed back. You know. Yeah, I agree, and uh, it's partly why I, I like using such the the small, compact form of the haiku. It's you can write three lines. You yep. know, that's damn good, Daniel. I like that. I'm yeah. stealing it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, it's good. You, you can explode it to almost every other facet of writing. Yeah. You're getting a lot of tools out, uh, sharpening your uh, utensils. So that's it. I start with haiku. Well done. Yeah. Um, shift moving. Moving on to the song. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Go for it, man. Yeah. So the song that I picked, it's a song that I listen to every Labor Day evening uh, with a glass of whiskey. It's called Summer's Over by Christina Black. <laughs> Did you guys listen to the YouTube version or the Spotify? The Spotify, the one you said. YouTube. Okay, so you've heard you heard the slightly more orchestrated version, and then you it was just her and her ukulele. Yep. Okay. Uh, so this is a very depressing song. Yeah, it's yeah a, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about your hair thinning. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the narrative of the song, the narrative of the song is in a nutshell, uh, about a relationship that like a summer fling and now it's over. But it seems like the last of many, like the one, the one, Yeah, you know, not the one like soulmate or anything like that, but just but the one that broke you yeah, finally. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, that, that's the, you know, the, the narrative is a relationship that was never meant to be because for any number of reasons for, for the song, you know, married and kids. Yeah. Uh, but um, I, I really gravitate to it because of the lyric summer's over uh, back to real life. Yeah. As a teacher uh, and summer's over and I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> it just really strokes the, yeah. <laughs> the darkness it's that a, I it's a, it's a punch there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I I I loved the um the lyrics. I thought I thought it was fantastic. I you know uh, the this um there was just such a rash of beautifully voiced singers strumming a ukulele mm -hmm. for a while there that um if I hear another one I I will want to die. Um <laughs> like or 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 you know just have my eardrums pop. It was Thing and I'll and I'll give uh, her yeah, a little bit a of thing. credit that you know that that EP was recorded or the song was at least uh, written pre two thousand eleven. So. so so before the thing exploded, or at least right on the cusp. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I, it's I don't know, I I um I don't care for that for that type of yeah. of music. I, I do. I really I like it. I the if it was the voice accompanied by a piano. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Christina Black is uh, a harpist. Oh, like, nice. Like a very good harpist. Like, uh, what's her name from Saddle Creek Records? Oh, God, I forget her name every time. Uh. She's so wonderful. Continue. Anyway, so um, she has other music where she's playing the harp. Gotcha. Which is, uh, you know, as a guitar player, a piano player, you know, as a as an instrumental player of instruments. Instruments. Yikes. Yeah, well, geez. Can we <laughs> flip some of those around? Um, <laughs> just being able to do the two things with the hands, that's how you harp. I don't know which ones. <laughs> I imagine a dominant hand plays a role in there, right? Yeah, like, maybe the upper one, right? Yeah, I guess, right? The higher register, like a piano. 
I would right. imagine that yeah. that's doing more. And you're right? doing stuff with like Piana, Piani. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> Not saying piano correctly. <laughs> I think you step on. I don't know much about the harp. I know you 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 move it to change pitches, right, or to change keys. Correct. Uh, I don't know if it's keys per se. Maybe just bending. I feel I'm like it's sure. like the wheel on a synthesizer. You yeah. know, you're modulating a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And then singing on top of that. That's it's like playing an accordion. It's there's so Things much heavy as fuck too, right? You're doing two things. You're doing this, and you're it's there's a lot of stuff happening. Yeah. So I give uh, kudos to anyone that, that well, fucking an, is going to carry a harp to a gig. Yeah, <laughs> it's an ancient. You ever, are you ever, you ever been down like New York City subway and see a harpist? Mm-mm. A handful of occasions. It's madness. It's probably the same person that's been there since '86. Yeah, they just can't get out. Like, what the <laughs> fuck did I do? This I gotta get for? a sleeping bag to watch this. <laughs> yeah. the, I mean, it's the the carrying case for a harp is essentially a gigantic sleeping bag. But um, yeah, no, I I the I just yeah, I'm not a big Uke fan, but I will say um, the lyrics were absolutely wonderful because to me, I even took it beyond the relationship ending that like there's this carefree attitude in general sense of being that one has you know like um well that as that is the thing that you're you should i think take away yeah and but uh, and 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 to have it related to the seasons you know pre pre on the nose it's very literary Mm -hmm. um but i think that what's interesting is i think back to being younger and and just you have this like very strange confidence i think in the summer that that is attached to a lack of responsibility or Mm -hmm. any sort of like um uh uh, what is it uh authority figure sort of looming over you that they go away in the summer from ages what six to forever you know and and so when you're when you're in that state you get more and more uh i i think Things uh, seem confident, possible. a little bit more risky in your decision making yeah. and choices. You push the envelope during yeah. the summer. Every summer gets a little bit more pushed, and um, I can remember just Anything can having happen. no confidence to approach someone and speak to them, or, or, or you know, no matter how attractive I thought they were. But in the summertime, just like getting a number and being like, "Well, yeah, fuck, I did that. I could do that." Three months later, would never even attempt yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like that's something that comes here is 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 that that sort of like carefree and and if it goes one way great if it doesn't go that way then fuck it i could always get another right or mm-hmm. something like that but then now you realize that time has expired on summer's that summer's over that, that mindset but summer's over forever yeah oh yeah that's the sense that i get like so that this is this is the last like, it's the last so, this summer. is the last summer and yeah. that's how i feel every summer it really <laughs> <It's> <laughs> this summer was particularly you hard through that devastation had... every year <laughs> oh jeez hence the whiskey it right? really sets the stage for waking <laughs> yeah. up at 5:30 to hey, roll yeah, everybody inspire young minds yeah. Yeah. i tell you what i love this i love this song i this i really like this style of music um, it reminded me of laura stevenson if you've ever heard of her Mm-mm. she's not a, a uke player she's uh, a guitarist but um her new album called The Big Freeze that came out this year is wonderful, and I think you would like it. I'm very much in the in this vein. Um, I loved it. Nice choice. Also devastating. I'm. I'll drink bu- whiskey at my home with you, and listen nice. to it at the same time. September always makes me sad. Yeah, <laughs> jeez. September <laughs> through June. I get excited. Bummer. I get. <laughs> <laughs> I get really pumped. I get. I get. I get pumped, man. The kids give me so much. En- the students give me tons and tons of energy, but there are moments of sheer devastation where it's so overwhelming, 
and you're so taxed that it's that you know it's that meme you always see teachers in september teachers in march is it right and it's the owl that's just completely defeathered itself and And entirely (laughs) accurate yeah it's a great meme yeah joanna newsom was who i was trying to remember oh right on she's wonderful absolutely wonderful that's that's, and rocks that's my song (laughs) nice bell and with that i mean summer's ending we might as well i know drink beer then absolutely (laughs) uh so we're gonna pass that right over to nick gregorio yes um you have uh, quite a choice for us yes so last weekend i went to a wedding in south kakalaki (laughs) and um uh liz and i we stopped off in Asheville, north kakalaki um, wonderful place to take in the breweries because apparently it is it's like the austin brewery. texas of yeah. north carolina yeah um there there's a brewery on every block um we we had um a flight at each we hit five after our 10 hour drive down don't try and do the math people <laughs> um and i brought perfect day ipa from Asheville brewing company to combat daniel's music choice yes <laughs> um so just a little bit about Asheville brewing company it is the third uh craft brewery in Asheville, and they opened in 1998 as a tap room slash pizza place slash second hand movie theater this is your heaven yes you just described <laughs> everything that place. i love yeah um and coincidentally, we didn't go and see it because it's three hours long. They were playing Avengers Endgame for three dollars. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. So I cannot uh, believe you did not see it, uh, dude. It was ten o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> we had a long trip ahead of us uh, in the morning. But um, so this IPA, um, it's it's very very hoppy. It's very flavor forward. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. So I bought myself a six pack, and I thought it would be exactly the type of thing that we would want to do today. Absolutely. Um, so Very glad you brought this back. I cannot believe that it made the it made the trip. It's wonderful. We I had a a a, a cooler full of beer from all of the things that I bought. It's so great I down there. So I yeah, I had a buddy as I told you earlier had a, a bachelor party down in Asheville, and we went for Oktoberfest. Strongly recommend. It's I, a I'll great, co-sign your oh, your love of it. It's, what a it's, wonderful town. I mean, it's incredible, and you can like. Everyone has its own flavor, yeah. which after a few, like, like I've, I've forgotten many of them for sure yeah. um, through the passage of time and beer. But uh, it is a wonderful, wonderful place. And if it you is. can go down for, for Oktoberfest, they have true German uh, music playing from real <laughs> like German bands and all nice. the garb and stuff like that on the stage. And then every, every brewery has a booth. Nice. It's wonderful. Well, when we, uh, the only bummer of Asheville was Claire Hopple and her husband. Claire Hopple, who we talked about last year or two, I don't yeah. know. Um, her husband are in Asheville, and Liz and I tried to get together with them, and unfortunately we couldn't make it happen, so that was a little bit of a bummer. Uh, um, so, um, Her new book is out. Yes. Married People Seeing America. Yes, it's out on Dostoevsky uh, Wannabe. Wannabe. You yeah. should get it immediately. Wonderful it press, wonderful terrific. writer. Yeah, yeah we both so. were... were you're, you're blurb. I'm blurbed on it, yeah. I, I blurred the tip. Yeah. Blurb. Blurb bros. Blurb brothers. <laughs> uh, in any case, why don't we crack them open and enjoy yes. this, uh, this, uh, this enjoyable brew? There is a great little uh, semi-Latin phrase at the bottom of it. Carpe perfect deum. <laughs> <on this laughs> really good. On the side of the can. Not bad. Not 
bad Asheville Brewing Company. Pig Latin. <laughs> wow. It's intense, right? It And it's not even that intense, I'll say. I expect it to be more intense. I guess I put it in my head. Because it's not great. Well, it's not like a dogfish or anything yeah, like that. It's, it's not, not that. a brutal first first no. sip. It's it's actually, it's got a lot of the flavor in that first mm-hmm. sip. And I'm actually feeling a lot of the hop in the back. Was it yes. a little bit of citra, I'm guessing? Some some. That's the one. I did all the preparation for this. I didn't figure out what the fuck they hopped it with. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like there's a few, but I'm I'm getting some of that. That's not super hoppy. I I could be wrong. I could be wrong. It is fairly high on the ABV scale. It's 6.5. Best watch yourself. 58 IBUs. Which is middling. 58 IBUs? Yeah. Remind us again what an IBU is. International bittering unit. So the higher the IBU, the hoppier the Mm -hmm. beer is. So 58, I mean, middling. Are they even allowed to call it an IPA? Well, it certainly has the flavor yeah, if they don't. Yeah. Uh, well, I think also an IPA is is when we're talking about the the alcohol level. Yeah. Because that's it had to make the voyage to India, did it not? If someone said that this was a pale ale to me, I'd, like, right. I, I'd be like, this is extraordinarily hoppy pale ale. Yeah. You know what I mean? A little malty, though, too, I think. A little viscous. There's some viscosity. juicy. <laughs> Little juicy, yes, but the sweetness of the of the the malt isn't isn't really there as much as like a summer solstice, let's say. Oh, that shit. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> it is so very tasty. It's very good. Um, as for a guy who's just recently been able to get back into craft uh, craft beer and really be able to enjoy it again, um, I loved super hoppy beers some ten years ago and had to give them up for a long time. Um, this is not super hoppy, but it, it, it gave me that first, I don't know, rush that yeah. I got when I had like a, like a really profoundly flavored IPA. That's what it is. It's 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 flavor because you can drink a million yellow bellies, Coors Light, whatever, mm-hmm. what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. The older I get, I'd rather have fewer beers. Yes. Given the occasion. But most times, sure. I'd rather have fewer fewer beers. Oh, if it's party time, yellow bellies. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're all getting at. But like, yeah, just uh, fewer. But you probably end up with the same uh, alcohol and Sure, you do. You know, but the, just that flavor, man. Like, yeah. you can have. That's the thing. You can have a glass of water after every one of these beers, and nothing changes. Yep. Whereas if you have a glass of water after every yellow belly. You literally don't party at all because you are standing <laughs> next to the fence peeing behind yeah. the shed, which was my last Saturday. <laughs> That's <right>. amazing. <laughs> let, me, let me posit a question to you guys, kind of tie this up. Sure. Um, as long as you posit it. Well, I... I, I Deposit your posit in my brain piece. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Someone's ready. Use <laughs> those yellow bellies. Mm. Party time. As a teacher... Uh, right. Describing right, right, right. a perfect day would be. Mm. We're not going to go there. Uh, oh, in, in I detail. Want, no, we're, we're going to. Okay. We're going to. Uh, that was like such a great setup. But to I wanted to it. make it a little easier. What three things? Ooh, so this is going to be like a would, haiku. Oh fuck! Appears yeah. to be easier. That's exactly what I was uh, getting at. <laughs> <laughs> what three things would make your perfect day teaching? If, of course, if you have more, that's fine. Right. Um, Nick, are you prepared for this? Go. He just. I just Oh no, it. I was trying to throw it to you so I throw could Throw it think. to me. Sure. Um I'll just go off the fly. Uh Don't think too hard. I I would say that uh, uh, a sunny day 
um, with the sun mm, coming through the windies. Think of something good one. Um, the, the windies. Yeah, the windies. Dude, you said piani. <laughs> Piana is Piana. what I always say. <laughs> um, I would appreciate uh, admin not walking by my room because mm. I am particularly loud, and they always seem concerned. Right. Um, like I'm like yelling at the kids. Once you get that roulette wheel, wow. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and I would suppose that I would like to have one of those moments where you see the students get it. Right. And then that is a is a profound moment. Yep. As a teacher, you're just like, wow, I, I fucking did my job yep. once out of <laughs> the 183-day school year. <laughs> yeah. You, you made me think of something that I really enjoy – and I try and take advantage of as much as possible. But you like, even though I love doing it, I forget to do it because you're so in your lesson and you have so much stuff in your classroom. But I love going outside. Yeah. And so in the fall and the springtime, I like to go outside a lot. So a perfect day for me would be one where we go outside, maybe with a play. I like to do uh, some acting because we have a little outdoor theater in our courtyard. I like to put them up on the stage. That's really nice. So I, I, a perfect day for me would be not only do we get to go outside and change the setting, but that automatically makes them more engaged. Sure. So I would love to see some volunteers really take some parts and, and step outside themselves and, and just, just own a script um, and do, do some good acting. And then the last thing would be um, to when we break it down, the scene or whatever, a student, I love when they – they tie in something that they've experienced or that they see happening in the world to what's going on there. Cause what is literature, but a mirror, right? So like when they do that, they're, they're getting, I think the like core point of literature when they do those sort of like tie-ins and reflective moments. So those three things outside students pushing, pushing themselves out of their comfort zones and then doing that beautiful connection to their lives or the world around them. That would be my perfect day. Nice. Nice. My, my perfect day would be a half day. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, out, out of the park. Step one. <laughs> that was excellent, by the way. Well done. Uh, Years of speech therapy. <laughs> uh, the second thing would be if a student uh, actually remembers a thing that I taught them. Ooh, and yeah, then yeah, are, yeah. And then are Call a, back. And then step two is actually doing the thing. Oh, right, right. And it's like, wow, you, you paid attention and you are doing the, you're, Execute. You so that. You learned. Was you just jumped like three steps in Bloom's taxonomy. You did. Yeah. Thank well you. done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a student once. Create. <laughs> um, Aniki Wright. She, I, she recalled something. And I was like, why do you know that? She's like, because you told us. I was like, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> because you told us. And then as if you t- as pulled if the, it was an obvious <laughs> because you told us. He pulled the rug out from himself <laughs> in that moment too. But it was like Why months, do you know this? It was uh, like months before. That's great. Yeah. You, um, but you gotta play it cool. Yeah. Of course I taught you that. Yeah. Did you say something profound? Yeah, it was definitely for Well me. no, like I knew like I <laughs> I had said the thing, but it's like I didn't it was like an off the hand of anyway. Uh the third thing would be um a student coming after class or after school to uh to talk to you yeah and like thanking you for a thing that you you taught them or maybe a thing that they learned in your class that helped them somewhere else in their lives 
Because I purposely didn't put in the thank you, but of course. Because those things happen, and I don't like yeah. saying I need the thanks. It's not why right. I do it, but it's so nice when you realize that when you're shown that the things that we're doing extend beyond the classroom and then that yeah. there's a young a young person that's aware enough to realize oh i learned this from this person yep i should i should give gratitude you know I think practicing even, gratitude yeah. which is very very uh you don't teach how to practice gratitude you know right it's nice True, that you can try yeah. i think there's a lot of things that are not part of your curriculum that are just literally people being good people kind of things that the English classroom well, is, made, is made like, for. Yeah, it's I nice always, to see that you yeah. helped in some way Cause our lives create are stories, this person. You know? yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think that, what I was going to say is I think that that, above summers off, is the thing that people in other professions hate us most for, is that we actually get the purest thanks sometimes. Sometimes. Might be once a year. It might be once every five years. Yeah. Right? No matter... But that we actually get that thanks sometimes. I mean, you could do your job for another fucking decade from one of those. You might get it, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's yeah. it's so fulfilling. I've got an email and it's from a so, student. Like, life yeah. affirming, you know? I keep it pinned to the top of my emails. Just whenever I open up my uh, work emails, it's. Yep. You know, I don't read it very often, but sure. it's, it's like right there. I'm like, ah, yeah. I remember that. There, there's this beautiful thing that a lot of our students do at the end of the year that they write notes. And I don't know when it started or why it exists, but a lot of the seniors especially will, will handwrite a little thank you card and they'll, they'll give it to you. And sometimes it's just, you know, thank you for being a great English teacher or something like that. You know, sometimes it's an obligatory one that students will do. Um, but a lot of the time you'll read some, I've cried a number of times. One, when uh, uh, Trump got elected, I got one from a student that um, if I ever need a good cry, I go and, over <laughs> and read it because it was yeah. it was it was it was the most gorgeous, beautiful, and wonderful, and like that could last me till the end of my career. Sure, and and I yeah, I totally agree. But I didn't want to say that because it it's tough to say that you. It's almost like saying you do something for the thanks, which I know you're not saying. Yeah, well, I'm saying we don't say. Well, that. that's a perfect no. day, but that's a perfect day. Exactly, yeah. right. exactly. So it fits the perfect day. Absolutely, yeah. a thousand percent, a thousand percent. So yeah. wonderful. I need a good cry. I listened to Wrong Way Kids by Bad Religion because I was a weeping mess on the way over here. Oh, really? Yeah, I was just playing it and just trying yeah. to get my thoughts together. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. I, I was at uh, at the gym, if you could tell. Uh, very, very and I, imposing. <laughs> <laughs> and I had my song, Summer's Over, yeah. on, on the loop for like Why would you do it minutes. in front of just like a whole cast of meatheads? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know there's a ukulele? And there's... Spot. Spot. You don't understand. It's all over. Like, fuck you, bro. You had the whole summer off, you teaching bitch. Yeah, you piece of shit. I bet some kids says thank you for second week, dick. <laughs> oh, I hate people that. Be an accountant, you fuck. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this <laughs> Nothing up. Nothing against accountants. They're great. Uh, in any case, I... thank you very much for checking out our back to school episode. I hope that you take a moment. We threw a lot at you, listener. We'll put up some links. I really want to uh, uh, do that and put up a bunch of links because this is such a great collection of awesome. And I think that if we if we check it out, there's there's such a, I don't know, wealth of stuff that people might find that connection to. Um, 
if they haven't read or listened to these things. And that's kind of the point. That's like one of the big reasons we do this podcast is to expose different things. So I, I hope that people give it a listen, give it a check. I give everything we've talked about <laughs> four out of five tardies. <laughs> Ooh. Four out Are of tardies five good tardies. or bad? Well, in this know. case, they're good. What's on the scale, you have four or five of them. Well, I'm saying, good. did you think we did good or not? <laughs> that is up for interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> I can never tell with him. I have never, never. He's a like clue. a fucking sphinx. Never He's a, a riddle. Yeah. I'm like, the artist's job is not to is not to tell what their art is about. Right. Right. Just to ask the question. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> in that way, I'm going to say that tardies are good because you were probably doing something to Tarantino it back to my original thing. Excellent. You're probably doing something that is actually getting in touch with your genius and your talent and whatever it is and you weren't constrained by the you know arbitrary class uh whatever that may be so i like that you made a square with i did i don't know <laughs> it was good squared yeah. classes are squares yeah. um so yes. what i'll say is i i give this as a collection a uh, 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 4.75 out of 5 tardies Ooh. You you came in you came in at eight oh seven, and I was like, I was seventy five percent of the way to give you a target. I said, "Fuck it." <laughs> <laughs> you thanked me two years ago. You're good. <laughs> this was a a real treat, and I hope everybody, I hope you listening, enjoyed it too. That's right, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta have him back. Absolutely. Anyway. Um, give us give us the the info. Yes. So and thank you for bringing these back. I I really do appreciate. Oh, it. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed. Travel them. beers are, are are a sign of friendship. Oh hell yes. Um, make there's the bell, and with the bell, <laughs> I will tell you to check us out on social media on Instagram at book.record.beer, on Twitter at bookrecordbeer, and on Facebook at facebook.com/slash/bookrecordbeerpodcast. That's We're where we'll put the links. Yes. We are on Spotify and iTunes. Please check back for us next month. We'll see you then. The last episode of season three. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. Nice.